0: Brought your Bibles? Let's turn to the book of 2 Samuel. Book of Second Samuel. We're going to be reading from verses uh, one through to seven out of the book of Second uh, Samuel, chapter nine. Book of Second Samuel, chapter nine, verses one through to seven. want to preach to you this morning uh, a king's kindness. Uh, my wife and I we uh, travelled uh, to Thailand for our uh, sorry for our uh, honeymoon and uh, this was a huge eye-opener to uh, travel to a third world country and everything that entails with that Uh, something that was really struck me while we were in thailand was their devotion and love and appreciation for the royal family and this is their own royal family this is not speaking about you know uh, Prince Harry and Charles and all, all that family in, in the UK. There was uh, posters of the king in most uh, of the shops. There was shrines. There was banners, and uh, it wasn't. Uh, it, it's only been just a few years now since the actual death of uh, uh, King uh, uh, Humbo, uh, Humimbo, I think it is. Uh, he actually reigned the longest in, uh, uh, the, uh, as the head of the state and was uh, the wealthiest king when he passed away uh, being uh, uh, about $30 billion, American dollars, uh, in wealth. Uh, it was interesting to find out that it, you know, a year after we're still mourning the death of their king. This is how much they appreciated, they loved their king, uh, and even to today, uh, the, the son has taken on responsibility as king, uh, but uh, ultimately uh, was challenged in regards to assuming this position because of the love and dedication that, uh, that they had to, the previous, to, the, to his father. But I began to think about it how we as Christians have a father in heaven or a, you know, we're a part of a, a royal blood that ultimately has... A, King of kings and Lord of lords. And we understand this and we appreciate the, the value and, and the blessing that it brings with being tied into this. In the passage of scripture we're about to read, there's been a, a change in royalty. And as a result, David, who was anointed as a young man to be the next king, has now assumed the position of king over Israel and his, uh, one of his first lines of command of wanting to do something he issues kindness to someone who is in direct uh, relation to king saul the previous king and so he demonstrates a king's kindness and so i want to preach to you a sermon of a king's kindness out of the book of 2nd uh, samuel uh, chapter 9 and we're going to be reading from verses 1 through to 7, the Bible says, And David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Zeba. So when he had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Zeba? He said, Yes, at your service. The king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. And so the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Michar, uh, the son of Amiel uh, in Lodebar. The king sent uh, David sent him, uh, sent and brought him out of the house of Mitchar and the son of Amiel from Lodebar. Now when... Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David. He fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually." A king's kindness. I want to look firstly at the principle that is being established here. Now we're living in a very difficult world today and how many know that it's very uh, uh, hard to even uh, uh, survive. We, we find ourselves with uh, uh, having to wrestle through uh, our day-to-day life and the truth is a lot of us uh, we even are dealt a difficult hand of cards. We'd ultimately uh, Uh, cause us to fall even under harder, more difficult times. Just this week, uh, I was listening in the radio in regards to uh, a young lady by the name of Beck, who ultimately uh, was diagnosed with two tumors in her brain. Uh, This caused uh, a rally uh, with this radio group. It was a sister of uh, someone that works at that uh, uh, organization, and so they Began to rally up. They began to. Uh, uh, one of the hosts said, "I'm going to bike for Becca uh, for 24 hours." And so he did this, uh, getting on a standstill bike, and he, rall- you know, he he uh, uh, rode this bike for 24 hours nonstop. Uh, uh, they uh, uh, they began to open up a GoFundMe page, and this uh, would then uh, uh, try to accumulate a hundred thousand dollars. They reached that, and then they went further to 150. They reached that, and it's a Above that now and so this would ultimately go to meet the need of Becca who is a wife and also a mother to two boys ultimately she's been diagnosed this is going to take her life very soon uh, to be able to remove even just one tumor ultimately uh, would give her just a little bit more time. Uh, but as I'm listening to this and hearing and following this, I began to see it how uh, uh, a lot of people going through very difficult times and, and, uh, and, and then they fall on even harder times when they're diagnosed with something uh, that cannot be cured. Begin to see it how ultimately... Uh, uh, people rallied together and tried to help out this family, this woman that is very soon going to lose her life. In our text it shows, puts in place David and how he's now in power and it's interesting at how people of power reign differently others uh, would ultimately uh, eliminate any source of, uh, of, uh, of threat to the throne but here is david uh, who once being put in power as king of israel uh, he immediate looks for someone who is in direct relation to uh, the previous king in verse 3 of our text the bible says and the king said Is there not still someone of the house of Saul in whom uh, I may show kindness of God? Ziba replied, there is still a son of Jonathan who's lame in his feet. You know, most people ultimately would have thought, you know what, I've made it, and we're living in a very selfish generation that once we get in power or once we get a position or some sort of promotion, that that immediately we are, uh, uh, you know, uh, we... we, uh, full of pride and selfish, and we only want to benefit ourselves. But here is a king that ultimately begins to demonstrate the heart of God that still sees uh, that little person that is suffering uh, and wants uh, uh, wants to make a difference. King Herod, that is ultimately mentioned in the Gospels, was known as a tyrant, was known as someone who uh, was a a violent man. In fact, uh, the book of Matthew brings him into play very early, uh, uh, speaking about the kind of person he was. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, he was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem... uh, and in all in its district, for the two years and older, or uh, two years old or under, according to the time which was determined by the wise men. Here was a man uh, that was absolutely uh, a, a, a terrible man. He was a tyrant. Uh, he had no issue in, in, in killing uh, innocent people. Uh, and this was, was an abuse of power. And he did this uh, to be able to eliminate any threat. We know this is speaking about Jesus Christ. Uh, he wanted to remove the threat to his throne. Uh, he would go on later on. Herod would do this in his own personal life, killing his own wife out of jealousy, he would have out of three, uh, uh, three of his sons that he had, he would uh, kill them because uh, there was discussions that he would replace uh, uh, him and the throne, and so he eliminates them. We see that ultimately this is... Uh, a character trait in a lot of people today that when it comes to uh, uh, trying to protect ourselves or even better ourselves, we do anything we can to be able to better ourselves and, uh, and highly esteem ourselves. We have a humble brag. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about ourselves uh, in a manner that ultimately would belittle other people. But here is David who reveals the beautiful picture of God's kindness towards His creation. You know, kindness in the Hebrew Strongs is defined as favor or a good deed. It signifies loving kindness, mercy, and showing pity. And I wonder this morning how many ultimately have been recipients of uh, kindness, that when you receive kindness uh, of ha- how it makes you feel and how it changes you from the inside, the very just observant of that, uh, recipient of that kindness can change uh, who we are on the inside. And here is David uh, that is revealing the heart of God. Wanting to demonstrate kindness to someone who is possibly you know, insignificant. In the same manner, we see God showing his mercy and kindness upon us. You know, if we only got hell, we would get what we deserve. The Bible says we're all sinners and we've fallen short of the glory of God and if all that we got was hell, there would be no way for us to stand in the presence of God and say this is not right, this is an injustice. We know that that is ultimately not our fate, that we can through being saved in Jesus Christ, the resurrection, we can come into and experience the kindness of God. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 11, the Bible says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountain to seek that one that is straying? He would go on to speak about the kindness of God. That just one person, one soul matters. Uh, and listen to me, you may be here uh, and have been exposed to uh, the uh, absolute uh, uh, horrendous uh, realities that we face every day in this world, saying that it's only the survival of the fittest and uh, and ultimately you do not matter, you're only a number. Uh, it's a process of evolution. Listen to me, uh, I'm here to declare to you that the God that we serve, the God of uh, of creation loves you and would be willing to go and search for that one person so that they could experience his kindness that word astray in the greek is to be led away from the truth to let into error or to be deceived you know there's a lot of people today that are deceived they think they don't matter you know we have the highest rates in suicide today Never before, people that are committing suicide every single day, they feel they don't matter. They feel that it wouldn't change anything. That's a lie from the devil. I'm here to declare to you that our God has established His presence in this earth so that you would be able to be a recipient of His kindness. This is the heart towards all humanity. In Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6, the Bible says, But we are all like... Unclean things and all unrighteousness and filthy rags and we all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken away. The truth is, as you have to understand, is that we are ultimately desperately in need of God's kindness. That our life without Him is meaningless. That our life without His kindness is of no use or purpose but when we step into His kindness. Begin to realize that he is alive and he loves us and he has a purpose for our lives. Our lives can be transformed from the inside out. So I want to look secondly this morning at the path. Now, over the years, I'll be honest with you, I've made a lot of promises that I've not kept. And I think we're all guilty of uh, doing that very thing. That it's one thing to do something, make a promise. It's another thing to follow it through. It's like those times where it's like, you know, I was going to call, but I didn't want to bother you. Or I was going to drop in and drop off some food for you, but I don't know if it was the right time. It's those times where it's like, you know, I was going to give you a good present, but I couldn't make my mind up, and so here's a gift card. Here's a high five. We've all heard the phrase, well, it's the thought that counts. I think it's fair to say that in this instant, the thought isn't good enough. If David just said, is there anyone of the king's home, of the lineage of king Saul, that is still alive? And they say, oh yes, Mephibosheth is still alive. Well, maybe we should do something nice for him. Let me sleep on that. It's a thought that counts. That story would have no value. It wouldn't be retold. Oh, did you hear about King David? Well, he thought of Mephibosheth. What a nice man. The truth is, is that it's the actions that give it its validity, that ultimately uh, give, it, uh, its, that, that give it its weight. As I was listening to uh, uh, the CFM, you know, this, this young man, he says, I'm going to... Ride a bike for 24 hours and he started at 9 a.m. Now I was happily sleeping through the night and he was riding a bike. And so the story goes that he gets to about two o'clock in the morning and he begins to say to those around him, he's at a he's at a some sort of a he's at the Pacific Fair there, he's at a gym with, with a bike there, people are able, you know, to see him, ride with him. And so it's 2 a.m. and now it's when it counts. And so he's beginning to wrestle and struggle with this. He's, He's in pain. He's fatigued. He wants to rest, no doubt. His body is having absolute wars with him. And so this radio goes online and begins to call on people. And then people begin to get out of bed and go to where he's cycling Her own family, Beck's family members, begin to get out and they ride, and They say, you can do it. And they're riding with him at 2 a.m. while we were sleeping. The impact of that, it's not just good enough, hey, Ben, keep going, keep riding. No, 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 let's put something into action. He ended up riding for 24 hours. It's pretty incredible. We see that David puts his thoughts into action. It's not just something, you know what? I need to start going to church. Or I need to start reading my Bible. Or I need to start doing something good or start giving. But here is David that just with a thought, he follows it with action. In verse 7 of our text, the Bible says, so, David said to him, do not fear for I will surely show kindness for Jonathan your father's sake and I will restore to you all the land of Saul your grandfather and you shall eat the bread at my table continually. Here was something that ultimately David was willing to do and this is speaking about restoration. It's one thing to go from rags to riches. We love that story, right? Rags to riches. I had nothing and now look at this empire. I was a nobody, and now look, my name's in lights. It's another thing to go from riches to rags. It's like I used to be someone, and now I'm a nobody. That's a very difficult pill to swallow. Could you imagine what Mephibosheth was going through? I used to be in the palace. I used to be in the house, no doubt, a lot of people begin to get bitter and twisted do you know who i am don't you love those stories and hollywood stars get pulled over for drink driving do you know who i am we don't care you're drink driving you need to go to jail you need to pay the fine here is mephibosheth that david sends out a messenger to get him so that ultimately he would be received or restored There's power in this restoration. And it reveals the, the heart of God in wanting to restore us into what He has for us. David goes out of his way to action kindness for the benefit of someone else. There's no one else that could have appreciated this reality more than Mephibosheth. He's sitting by... Not being able to help himself. No doubt he is a cripple. He needs help and all help has been removed. Can only rely on the help of others. And here is a king that sees him and says, You know what? I can help. I can restore and I will action what I've said. You know, David, when he was on the run, In the back of his mind the whole time, he would have been wrestling with, I thought God said I was going to be king one day. Aren't we like that when it's like, God, I, I didn't see this in the fine print. I thought I was going to be blessed. God, how long must I wait for the salvation of my loved ones? But here is David, that once he's placed in this position, he begins to reciprocate kindness. That immediately he actions something. And you and I, listen, we are blessed to be saved, to be fully clothed, and in our right minds. Listen, if it wasn't for the gospel, I probably wouldn't be alive. I probably would be in jail. But thank God for God's kindness. Is able to look out upon someone who is seemingly insignificant and move towards the path of wanting to restore, of wanting to bring healing, of wanting to bring deliverance. Wasn't it Jesus' ministry that while he was journeying on his day-to-day life, was, you know, he was walking by the Sea of Galilee and it was while he was walking past that he changed the direction of the disciples while they were fishing. That just one day being crossing the path of Jesus Christ can cause a, a radical transformation on the inside. While he was traveling, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 15, verses 30, then the great multitudes came to Him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maim, and many others, and they laid, hand, they, they laid down at the feet of Jesus, and He healed them. Listen to me. That's what happens when you cross paths cross with Jesus Christ. Now, this is the miracle power that can be received, uh, that your life can be transformed. question is, what path are you on? Is your life heading towards God's kindness or is it ultimately causing you to go further away? I want to look thirdly and in closing at the peace. Because here is a king that not only thought something nice, but actioned it. And through that action ultimately brought peace to a man's life. There was no king like King David winning the hearts of the people, establishing them and making them a powerful nation during his time of reign. God would go on to oversee the failures and the faults of those who would reign after him because of the kind of king that David was. It would be through his reign that ultimately we would be recipients of jesus christ isaiah chapter 9 verse 7 it speaks about uh, the kind of government and he would have the his government and peace there will be no end so here is this reality that ultimately through this kindness through the restoration uh, that david was bringing he would uh, establish peace in the hearts of those that came in contact with Him. You know, we're living in a generation today that is wrestling with insomnia, that is wrestling in their minds that they cannot switch their minds off. Can I say to you that that's because they haven't come in contact with the Prince of Peace? That the wonderful counselor, the one who came to this world uh, to bring peace upon this earth uh, has ultimately uh, brought this promise to us uh, and those that ultimately uh, submit themselves to the love of Jesus Christ uh, are met with this reality uh, that peace can come upon the heart, can come upon the mind of the believer. David established peace. it was through the kindness of shown to mephibosheth could you imagine when the messengers of david arrived at mephibosheth's house you know he's there like all worried all of a sudden a lot of foot soldiers and cars you know horse and cars everything would have been there but it wasn't to bring judgment it was to bring restoration. It was to bring peace. You know, my heart breaks when I hear about people that will not come to church or even give their hearts to Jesus Christ because of fear. They wrestle with, well, you know, God, I don't know if, uh, uh, if I can do this. I might, you know, I might walk into church and be judged for everything bad I've done. Or you don't know what I've done. Or you don't know what kind of person I am. Or it's the other way around, that God is just a God of judgment, uh, and and all He does is judge, judge, judge. For that reason, people don't come into the presence of God. But here is David, he shows us something profound in verse 10 and 11. Mephibosheth, your master's son shall eat bread at my table. And as for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like... One of the king's sons. You know, something powerful. When We're invited. And and this this is wonderful. We're called into a banquet. We're going to have a feast. The invitation has been sent. Jesus Christ delivered that message. But have you received it? Have you confirmed? Have you RSVP'd? You know, it's interesting at how a lot of this is uh, followed up by food. Isn't that wonderful at how, you know, when we're full in our tummies, we're happy people? God knows us, man. Thank God for that, right? Have you ever bitten into just some freshly cooked KFC, hot and spicy? You just feel God loves me. You go to Nonna's house, you're like, you know, she's put on a banquet and you're eating. I mean, there's no time to get angry at that time. It's like she could be fighting, and next thing you know, the dinner's served. You're like, all right, what were we talking about? Doesn't matter, let's eat. In Revelations, the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and him with me. You know, what's powerful is ultimately that God understands us, but He's still willing to come into our lives and, and, uh, and transform us from the inside out. You don't have to be threatened. You don't have to worry. He reveals His kindness by wanting to dine with us and being in our presence and wants to have fellowship with us. This is an opportunity of a lifetime church that if you don't know Jesus Christ, you can have a first-hand experience because that kindness is real. That kindness is what ultimately continues the gospel today. We have an opportunity as believers of Jesus Christ to emanate the God in heaven. And I want to challenge you as we go through our everyday life, what demonstrates the love of God is your ability to tune in to the people that are around you, the people that aren't around you, the people that should be but aren't. Your ability to tune in and say, where's that person? Where have they been? What's happening? Are they okay? And it's that, that moment of just saying, can I pray? Let's call them. Let's contact. Let's have fellowship. Listen to me. Nothing brings greater joy. When we step into this dimension, what a privilege it is to be accepted into the presence of a king. But that's not just for us. That's for everyone else. That's for everyone that you know, that you can demonstrate God's love, that you would bring them in and say, hey, what, what are you doing? Why don't we hang out? Are you free? Let's have church. Let's, let's go to church. Let's, let's go and, and fellowship and see how God can move supernaturally in your life. Because here is a recipient that ultimately was transformed through that one act of kindness. How many more others are lying and waiting so that you and I are waiting for us to be able to reach out and say, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. You don't have to go through this by yourself. I'm here to help. See how God's kingdom is established when you, un- when you and I understand the King's kindness. Reciprocate that to everybody else. Hallelujah. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.